The following shiur has been presented by Rabbi Yehoshua Sova, Rav of Kehillat Shara Ezra, Miami Beach, Florida. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Pinoam Adonai Eloheinu Aleinu Omaseyadeh Kanuna Aleinu Omaseyadeh Kanuneu. Bezrat Hashem, this parasha, Parashat Haldot, we're going to discuss one of the most famous twins in our history, that of the Leda, the birth of Esav Yaakov. How they came to be, how their names came to be, and what does that signify for us in this generation, and what can we learn and glean from that. Before we go into the Psukim, I'd like to share with you, the Gemara and Shabbat tells us, going through the various days of the week. And the Gemara tells us every single day had and it says, etc. Except when it came to that of Shabbat. We're all familiar with that. Says the Maharsha, a very peculiar Maharsha. The Maharsha in the back of the Gemara tells us, What does that mean? It was evening, then it was day, the first day. Says the Marashah, he brings them from the Midrash that says, this is referring to Esav and Yaakov, when they were born. The question then is, what in the world does that mean? Esav and Yaakov being born? That's thousands of years later. You're talking close to 2,000 years after Bria of Shamayim Ba'aretz, after this was now made. So we're waiting for when that's going to happen. And furthermore, Esav was known as Esav Rasha for eternity. And you're going to tell me this is the way we're going to immortalize him of the beginning of creation? Yaakov, I understand. Yaakov is the forerunner of that of Klal Yisrael. He's the one who's going to be the patriarch of all the 12 Shvatim. So it makes sense then for us to pay homage to Yaakov. But Esav? Esav? That doesn't make, make any sense. And a third question on this, Medrash. You're telling me that Esav is in the same breath of that of Yaakov. We know that Yom Shlishi on Tuesday is Yom Shenichbal Bo Kitov. Because since there was a backup of Yom Sheni, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to make a hafrada, he had to make a separation between that of the Mayim Elyonim, the top waters, and he put it all the way up there. Or as we know, Shama Mayim, there is water, well known as Shamayim, up in heaven. Shamamayim, up there is water. And the Mayim Tachtonim, and the Mayim down here. This Mayim that we have is, is a separation. So because there's a separation, the Gemara tells us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to make this separation. Therefore, Hashem does not like Hafrada, He doesn't like Machloket, He doesn't like fighting. And even though it was for the purpose of the world, yet, the fact of the matter is, there is no Kitov. And therefore, it moves down to Yom Shlishi. One second. Yom Rishon, there is a Kitov. There is a concept of Tov, of goodness. Esav has that of Tov? What's going on over here? So Baruch Hashem, we were to give not only an enlightened idea that, and you could see this seamlessly through many other things, not only over here, but in multiple places as well. And let's start to embark on this journey. We understand that a name carries great weight and should never be taken lightly. A person should know 
that when they have the zechut of being able to name a child, they have to know this is going to not only impact generations for people naming after hopefully this great person, but also it, it affects who the child is and how they will respond and if they use the makeup of their name or not. Why did Esav get his name? Esav means mushlam. He means he was fully made. The Tzorot HaMor, Rabbi Sava, said in his commentary that the reason why he got this name Esav was because since Rivka said, I really don't feel well, they were fighting and jostling among, in, inside of her. What do I need this for? And says that, why was she having this? It's not just because they were struggling, like we all know the famous Midrash, walking near the Bet Knesset, or near the uh, Not just that. He says, because once a baby is fully formed, and the baby has hair, the hair gives off some type of chemical imbalance inside the mother, that she is more nauseated than she would normally be. And since there is hair inside her system, the body does not know how to respond properly, and therefore her hormones are out of whack, and therefore as a result of that, she was complaining that this is not a normal pregnancy. From what I understand a pregnancy to be, it, it sounded like there was a, she felt there was a lopsided part that didn't really belong. And why was that? Because Esav was mushlam. He was somebody that was complete, since he had fully formed hair, the Midrash says he even had fully formed teeth, and obviously the nails, but the idea was that he was Mushlam, he was somebody that was complete. Therefore he got the name Esav. Yaakov, we know, because Yodo Esav, he was holding onto the heel. What a strange name to give a child that will be known for eternity as holding onto the heel. The Midrash tells us because to let us know that there will always be a struggle. Okay, but the fact of the matter is, there is some semblance to why they gave the name and the name stuck. Why, why is that? So we were thinking the following. Esav means mushlam, means he's, he's complete. Meaning, you don't need tikkun on him. He's totally fine. Like we find the Midrash says, that Esav's head rolled into Marat HaMachbelah. How could it be Esav Rasha, such a wicked person? Answer is, in his head, conceptually he knew. That's why they say he was so excellent in the mitzvah of Kibbut Av, because conceptually he knew, since the Rosh, the head, is the head, it's the first part of the body, it's the tallest part of the body, on a consistent basis, he knew that you come from a head, you come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you come from a parent, and therefore you have to respect them, you have to give them the due respect. Meaning, conceptually he knew of the concept of being, quote-unquote, a good son. But unfortunately, when it got past his shoulders, it didn't act out that way. But he was zachet to have that his, his head could be resting marata machbela. Because at least his head knew that it was mushlam. At least there, there was a possibility for him to maybe have tshuva and maybe to be able to do something great. Which, with this, we can understand why Ovadia the Navi, he brings great fire and brimstone against that of Edom, specifically of all the nations of the world. Some people say because he came from Edom, so that was his point of reference. But more than that, Edom, you know better. You know more than anyone else how you should serve Hashem. And still you don't serve Hashem. Meaning, it's a ta'ana, it's something of a complaint against you. Other nations of the world, we can't really blame them. They don't know any better. But you, you, Edom, you know, you should know better. How could that be? How could you act that way? A person should know 
that a lot of times when you get hitorerut, you get a certain inspiration, and you don't act on that immediately, it stays in your head, oy vavoy. That could be like a sevarasha. Because you have it locked in your head, and conceptually you understand it, but if it's not done into action, Rahman al-Nitzan. So we shouldn't be like that. We should be like an es- not an Esav in the head, but rather like Yaakov. What's Yaakov? Yaakov, he was also Mushlam. He was also complete. How? The Midrash says, when Yaakov was born, he was born of the Brit Milah. So you look at two children, one has hair, one has teeth. Doesn't have a Brit Milah. Midrash tells us Yitzchak was afraid to give Esav a Brit Milah. Why? Because he said... My child is Admoni, he's very red. If I give him a Brit Milah, he'll bleed to death. And he didn't realize that that's just the way he was. How did he know that? When he hit 13. So when he hits 13, just like my half-brother, Yishmael, he got a Brit Milah, my, my son will be like that. He'll get a Brit Milah. And Esav refused. And we all know the Midrash, that's when he turned 13. That's when him and Yaakov, they parted ways. And you could tell very clearly who was who. And he was Ish Sadeh. So Yaakov was in the real Mushlam. He was the real complete person because he had a Brit Milah. But yet, we know it was Yosheva O'alim. He was someone that sat in tents. What does that mean, he sat in tents? So we believe Esav was Ish Sadeh. What does that mean, Ish Sadeh? Ish Sadeh means he was somebody that would go out to the field and when you go out to the field, you take all the raw material and then from there you create. He was a creator. Someone that took from the, whatever was available to him and from that he created. Yitzchak saw, this is a person that could transform potential. That's amazing! Meaning he knows in his head what to do. He'll execute. He'll be able to do it. He's Ish Sadeh. So that's why Yitzchak loved him more than he loved Yaakov. However, Rivka, she loved Yaakov. Why does she love Yaakov? Because Yaakov was someone who came from O'alim. He came from someone which is davar mushlam kvar, something that already was mushlam, something that was already f- already fulfilled its tafkid. And ohel, it has certain measurements, it's made a certain way, and maybe you could fix it here and there, but you have poles, you have already the material, it's already made. You're not going to be transforming it into something else. It's, so, it's sort of, this is what it is. Yoshev ohalim, he's somebody that was able to sit in tents, meaning he was someone who's already mushlam. Already, just the way it is. Rivka, who came from a home and from a city that people were unfortunately Rishayim, she appreciated someone who was a Davar Mushlam. Something that came perfect, it came whole. There was no need to work on the raw material because she herself worked on that. She appreciated something that was born into greatness. How do we see that? Because look who she married. She married Yitzchak. Yitzchak was born into greatness. Yitzchak, on the other hand, who did he marry? Married Rivka. Bat Betuel Arami, who has a brother Lavan. Why, why was that so? The answer is because he was looking for someone who could change. And that's what Rivka was. She was the Tzadegat Bat Rasha. She was someone that was changed who she came from and where she came from and became great. And that's why he loved Esav because he saw that same thing he saw in his wife, he saw in his son. With this we can understand an unbelievable midrash. Midrash tells us that the story of Berchat Yitzchak, the story of the time when Yitzchak gave the bracha, he told Esav, go and get me uh, uh, an animal, and I want it to be that I should be able to bless you. Why was that? And, and the Midrash says, it was, Rashi brings down, it was in time of Pesach, 
Lil Pesach, and he said, Tam Tzvi Ketam Agedi, that he wanted him to get a Tzvi from Hefker, he wanted to get it from ownerless property, he didn't want it to be stolen, and he wanted to taste like a Korban Pesach, because it was the night of Pesach. What's the Midrash telling us here? Time of Korban Pesach, so it's Korban Pesach, it's the night of Pesach, okay, so, oh fine, the Avot, they kept the Torah, very nice, okay, that's a very backhanded way to tell me that. Why do we have to know that it was specifically during the time of Pesach, specifically, that Yaakov, that, excuse me, Yitzchak wanted to give a bracha to his son Esav. Why Pesach? So we wanted to say the following. The names Esav and Yaakov. If you take the two names, Esav is Ayin, Sin, Yud, Vav. In that name, Ayin, Sin, Yud, Vav, the Ayin and the Yud also is in Yaakov. Yud, Ayin, Kuf, Bet. So you have Ayin, Yud in both of them. The gematria of Ayin Yud, 70 plus 10, is what? Peh. And we all know, according to the Midrash, that tells us, Pesach is called Pesach Wa'ai, Shepesachti, Al-Batei Mitzrim, Al-Batei Yisrael, Benakfiyat Mitzrayim. I jumped over, I passed over the houses, that's one explanation. Or another one, Pesach, the mouth that talks, we with our mouth, Praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, Pesach, it's the mouth that talks. What do you see from here? The mouth has a powerful koach, specifically on the night of Pesach. It's amazing. We have the mitzvah of the Yigadeta Levincha Bayomahu. We have a mitzvah of Haggadah, specifically of Sipur Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, on the night of Pesach. Even if you're by yourself, the Mishnah and Pesachim tells us, you have to still say over the Haggadah and say it as a question and answer. Why is that? Because the mouth on this night is a very powerful thing. And therefore we want to say as well, this time that Yitzchak wanted to give was be a time that he make a tikkun and say, Esav, now is your time. Now is your time for you to now say upon yourself that you're going to be metaken, everything that you may have done, through your guf and your neshama. And if a person understands that, he'll have great things. This idea of having a tikkun, specifically for Pesach, now we can understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, this is such a beautiful korban, that I want it to be spread all over where? The opening of their doors. What is using the same phrase, what is usually used and associated with a opening of a door. Petach. Petach. Again, the mouth. Again, the opening. This is the opening. And there are many psukim and telim as well, that when it says some expression of opening your mouth, it's... Petach it, picha. Uh, open your mouth. It says with that, petach. This idea as well. The mouth has a very powerful tool, specifically for this time. And a person has to know that this all started from when? When they gave the name. Because the name was given, a certain koach was now manifesting itself in that of Esav and that of Yaakov. And with this we can understand beautifully a Meshachachma. Rameir Simchav Devinsk says, there is no other korban, especially Zmanit, something that which is bound by time, that we say you got to make up for. Usually, if a person is mukhiyav in the korban, they have a specific time to give that. If they don't meet this specific time, we have a bitu, an expression that says, 
Batel zmano, batel korbano. That if there's time passed for when the korban should have been brought and it was not brought, too bad. The person doesn't have an opportunity to rectify it. It's done. There is one exception. And what is that? The korban Pesach. Says the Meshachachma in Parshat Ba'alotcha. When the people carrying Aron Shal Yosef or the Aron of that of the other Shvatim who were promised they were going to be better in Eretz Yisrael, they said, Lama nigara? Why should we lose out? Ask the Meshachachma. We have a rule. The Gemara and Sukkah tells us, Osek mitzvah. When you're involved in one mitzvah, you don't have to do another mitzvah. So what are they looking for? More chiyuvim, for more obligations. They're patur. The answer is, says the Meshachachma, because the Korban Pesach is such a powerful Korban. It shows our dedication, our fidelity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And not only that, it cleanses us from Avodah Zarah. And it shows our dedication to Borei Olam. And they did not want to miss out on that. Not wanting miss, to miss out on that special cleansing process of the Korban Pesach is such an amazing thing. And we have to understand, Korban Pesach really is a reflection on the mouth. When you learn Torah, when you say kind things to people, when you do tefillah, all with your mouth. We can understand when the Gemara tells us, Akimat Tzfataim is a Maaseh, not a Maaseh, just moving your lips, is that considered a Maaseh? What do you mean? I'm just talking. The answer is, in the eyes of the Torah, you're doing something very powerful. A person should never downplay that. And that's why we find that when Esav, when he came to Yaakov, and said, I'm willing to sell my Bechorah, what was it that he got the nickname for it to be called for eternity? Edom, red? Because, Give me from the red stuff. Pour it down. Pour it down where? Pour it down his mouth. Again, he didn't want a massage. He didn't want a nice cool bath on a hot summer day. He didn't want any of those hanaot. He didn't want any of those pleasures. The only pleasure he was desperate for at that moment was something in his mouth. And that idea of having something in his mouth, for eternity he's now called Edom. We call him Edom with our mouth to show and symbolize that with the mouth you could do tremendous things. And we were thinking that could be the Vayi'ere Vayivoker Yom Echad. What's the Vayi'ere Vayivoker Yom Echad? It's the, really the Kitov. There's really two outlooks on life. The two outlooks on life is there are moments you'll have a davar mushlam, something which is totally set aside for you. It's literally everything. Everything is set up for your success. All you have to do is just do it. And then there's other things that you don't even have the bare necessities. You have to go out and you have to look for it and you have to fight and understand and you have to speak to people how it is that you could glean and maybe make something from Yeshma'ayin, something that you thought never existed before. There are always things that we think we know and we just need to put our effort. And then there are things that we don't know anything about. That's the struggle. That is the Esav and Yaakov of Kitov. That you have to say to yourself, there are many times and opportunities you will have where am I a sav matzav? Is it a situation of a sav or a, a matzav of that of Yaakov? And a person has to ask themselves, which one are they going to, what is it that I'm going to, but I have to do something. And especially if a person does it with their mouth, they learn Torah, they do tefillah, they say kind words, all this just with your mouth. What a tremendous, tremendous responsibility we have. 
And we wanted to add this idea of calling something and it sticks. The Tzitz Eliezer in Shelot Chuvot in Yud Aleph Nun Vav, he brings a question about a family member wanting to call. They had twins and they wanted to call one of their twins. It was a boy and a girl. And they wanted to call one Eliezer and the other Eliezer. Cute. But I don't know if the children would think that's so cute. But the question was, are you allowed to have the same name, quote-unquote, for that? The Tzitzel goes back and forth saying, is it considered the same name or not? It's based on the same name or not? The bottom line that he comes out is, is that it's two different names. He says, and you find that there are some Amoraim that they happen to have, quote-unquote, the same names. Mazutra, Makeshisha, or maybe was it a nickname or not? The point of the matter is, is that they're two different names. He says, but the fact is, since it came from one source of a person, technically you could use that. And he says, but naming a girl after a boy or vice versa, he doesn't know if that's the best idea because you're taking some koach of the other gender and that may not be good for the neshama of the child. And you're going to say, well, what's the big difference? Who cares? The answer is, it makes a difference. When you say a name... The name sticks. And we were thinking that could be a reason why Yaakov got the name Yaakov, the name of the Eiket, that of the heel. Because when Yaakov was still holding on, he was showing that at the end, at the end is where you're going to see how I'm Mushlam. You see Esav as he comes out, he looks like he's Davar Mushlam, but guess what? That's where I am now starting from. I am starting from something which is mushlam, and now I'm going to do something from that. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to now, I'm going to, I have, I have something to look up to, something that I'm going to now try to do, and try to be metaken. So we have to ask ourselves, when we're in certain situations in life, where are we? Are we in a matzav of esav, which is davar mushlam, something which is complete, and we now just have to throw ourselves in? with body and soul, or with that of Yaakov, that we say to ourselves, no, we really are Yosheva Alim. We're com- we are the real complete one. We're Noel and Mahol. We are actually, even though we may not have hair, we may not have teeth, but we're the real Mushlam, Mushlamim. We're the real ones. And you have to understand, whatever we have in life, it's a bracha from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Bezat Hashem, we should look for more opportunities to be Mekadeshim Shemaim, whatever it might be, whether it's something that we have to work on and take the, the, all, the, all the essentials that we have and utilize that for Avodat Hashem and Kvot Shemaim, or what, if it's something that's Davar Mushlam and we're trying to now enhance that, whatever it might be, the Avodah is the same, and that's to get closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary Beddin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at theshc.org to subscribe.